from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody. And welcome to the Esquire Monday Night Sports Talk. With you until 6 o'clock tonight, Matt Daniels. Got a rowdy group here. Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. They're happy in the house. Raise your hand if you have any questions about Illinois football and basketball. We'll be talking about that. We'll tell you all you need to know, we think, about the Red Box Bowl in uh, Santa Clara, California, where the Illini are headed later this month. And the phone lines are open as well, 356-9397. Some of the news of the day, Kofi Coburn, once again, the Big Ten Freshman of the Week. For the third time in four weeks, it's not a bad start. Yeah, I think they're just going to rename the Freshman of the Week award, the Kofi Coburn Award, the rest of the season, the way he's, uh, the way he's playing. It's never happened, has it, uh, for an Illinois player? No, he's the first Illinois freshman to win three times. And he also, what, two weeks ago, doubled up and was the Big Ten Player of the Week as well. So he's got four total awards in his uh, still very young Illinois basketball career. Well, you saw that basketball game in person, Scott Ritchie out of Maryland, and Illinois played 37 pretty good minutes of that game, or 39 pretty good minutes when you look at it, although they let it get away down the stretch. But uh, did you, could you feel that coming as you sat there at courtside? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, a- as good as Illinois was in the, the first half and into the second half, I mean, led by yeah. 15 a couple different times against Maryland. Uh, when the offense basically goes silent, you know, doesn't make a shot in the last – five minutes and five seconds. I mean, that's a pretty good way to lose a game. And, I mean, Brett Underwood made a significant effort to point out that Maryland was playing very good defense, and they do have a really good defense. But at some point in a five-minute stretch, you just need someone to go make a play. And Maryland had that in Anthony Cowan, who made several in the last, you know, 30 seconds. Uh, Illinois just didn't have a guy that maybe, you know, stepped up and into that role and, and ended up losing a, a one-point game that yeah, at one juncture I was thinking, you know, this is going to be their biggest uh, road win and for the program since Nick Anderson beat Indiana, which uh, I think most people remember that one. It's kind of interesting. Uh, last week we, we kind of ran the gamut of talking Illinois basketball on, number one, how to start a game, and now the second game, how to finish a game. Yeah, uh, just a little inconsistent, I guess, would probably be the, the best way to put it. But uh, eventually, if Illinois is going to get back to the NCAA tournament, and right now it wouldn't be projected in yeah, at, this, at this point, they've got to figure out a way to play 40 minutes. And it doesn't have to be a, a great 40 minutes, but it has to be at least pretty good 40 minutes of basketball. And can't fall behind 27 points after 15 minutes. And can't give up a 15-point lead in the second half either. At some point, you've got to close. And Illinois is uh, not quite there, I guess. 
phone line is open. If you'd like to join us, 356-9397. Daryl calling from Champaign. Go ahead, Daryl. Hey, Steve. Hey, fellas. How are you guys doing? Good, great. Uh, my, my brother is a proponent of if you've got a three-point lead and a, your opponent has the, has the ball, to foul them on the floor and not allow them even an attempt at a three-point shot. And he, he believes in that, and he just he, he, he thinks that's the, uh, a good coaching philosophy. And I just wanted to see what you guys uh, felt about that. Yes. Your eyes are every, see every single time. Your brother is right. Your but, brother is correct. I mean, I guess I understand where the question is coming from. I mean, Anthony Cowan hit a three to uh, tie the game. Uh, but that was off a broken play. Um, he was 30 feet from the basket. I'm not sure you could have got out there to foul him. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and then the other circumstances, yeah, always foul up three with you know, not that much time on the clock. But uh, there are some other – you know, curious decisions. Yeah, in the, the late game, uh, you know, not getting Kofi Coburn back in the game until the very last play, where he wasn't going to do you much good. Um, taking the timeout when Brad Underwood did. Not figuring out a way to score for five straight minutes, at least from you know from the field. Hit a couple free throws, I guess. But uh, Anthony Cowan's three was part of the, the the comeback in Maryland's win, of course, but it wasn't. Then maybe have to get to that point where you know he's draining a 30-footer uh, that, you know, I don't know if you would expect him to make all the time. Well, I think I, right. No, go ahead, Bob. Well, I was going to say, I've been here 30 years. I've never seen a loss like that for Illinois. They would say it's more excruciating. It's a hard word for me to say. But it, it was really, for Illinois, from Illinois' band standpoint, it just can't be worse than that. I'm, I don't know if there's any that really come to mind. I'm thinking of a game with, at Iowa one time, Brex Taylor, Called like timeout late. Steve probably remembers they did didn't have. That was that kind of the game. But this is just one of those how's that happen type things. Well, I think what's so frustrating besides the loss is that I think a lot of Illinois fans would have been happy considering okay you you hang with Maryland on the right. road and you only end up losing by one point. But what is so galling and so vexing to a lot of Illinois fans in the aftermath of Saturday night was the fact that. They were the better team for the majority of the game. They, they played strong in the first half. They, they you know, limited Maryland offensively. Uh, you know, Trent Frazier got going early scoring-wise. You know, I would assume it looked a lot better, more engaged. And the fact that they had a double-digit lead in the second half on the road at Maryland is what's so perplexing about this loss is because it wasn't just like it was a back-and-forth game throughout. Maryland made a, a late run, and, and Illinois couldn't answer. And now we're sitting here wondering when the – the first Big Ten win is going to come because Michigan's coming to town on Wednesday night, and the the fifth-ranked Wolverines are certainly one of the the best teams in the country, and uh, it's going to be a tough challenge for the Illini on on Wednesday night at State Farm Center. And one of the surprises of the country so far, just uh, one loss for the Wolverines. And, and yes, Bob, it was a tough loss. I agree with you. The one that sticks in my crawl more, though, is the Miami game because that was a game you had at home, and it was one of those games that you had to win, I think, for the uh, right. your NCAA resume. Nobody expected Illinois to go to Maryland and win, but that's I get how point. I guess I, I get how it's disappointing when you get that close and let it get away. But that first game of the week is the one that bothered me the most. Yeah, and I mean Illinois was a favorite at home, and then just laid an egg in the first half. You know, and Chris Sykes, 
had irrational confidence going with his sh- jumper and you know, like, you know, contested some that he just made. But when you're down 27 in the first half, that's a pretty big hole you have to climb out of. And then Saturday, I mean, Count hitting the 30-footer and then on the other end, essentially just taking the ball from Andres Feliz, who's probably your strongest you know, guard, at least in terms of like physically strong and be able to hold on the ball. Probably don't see that coming. But uh, again, a four-year starter, a senior in the Big Ten, made plays when his team needed it to, and that was for Maryland. Illinois uh, fans saw some increased minutes in that game for Kipper Nichols, some decreased minutes for Alan Griffin, some zero minutes for Tevian Jones, even though Tevian was available for the ball game and in uniform. Your thoughts on that? Did Coach say anything after the game about those? Well, because I asked him about Kipper Nichols because he played uh, almost as much as he had in the previous – well, more than he had in the previous few games combined, but – yeah, Kipper was playing hard, and it was make, good. It was good, Kipper. Yeah, and he was making the right plays, and that Alan Griffin didn't play as much was maybe just a result of that. I mean, not nothing Alan did or or didn't do, but in the second half, his game got tight. Brett Underwood, you know, kind of tightened up his rotation as he's done. You know, when you know, games have been closer, and it was just Kipper Nichols getting those minutes. As far as Tevian Jones, I mean. Now there's a lot of maybe unrealistic expectations for him, kind of just circulating out there that he was going to just jump right back into the rotation and play like he did last year against Maryland and score 18 points. And I mean, I was pretty sure that was never going to happen because I mean, I figured if he played six or seven minutes, that would have been you know a surprise. So I wasn't totally shocked that he didn't play. I mean, I figured maybe in the first half up quite a bit maybe could have gotten him some some run but when the game was tight and he hadn't played for eight games and been in you know the lineup and kind of those moments with the rest of the team there's not you know a real good reason to play him at that point we do have the phone lines open if you'd like to join us three five six nine three nine seven any basketball questions here at the esquire raise your hand and we'll get around to you we're going to talk some illinois football heading to a bowl game they will leave the day after christmas for uh, San Francisco slash Santa Clara, which is where the game is at Levi Stadium where the 49ers play. It'll take on Cal. The early line is Cal is favored by about a touchdown. And that might be based, Matt, on the fact that... Uh, it's a home game for Cal? That, and they won two their last two games on the road. Illinois dropped their last two games, as we know. But Cal won their first four games, lost their next four, and then won three out of four down the stretch, including wins at Stanford and at UCLA. Kind of like uh, Illinois' season in, in, a, in a bit of a nutshell there, just with the, the up and down nature of it. And Yeah, Cal's a, a team that uh, I think its identity is based on, on its strong defensive play. Uh, they have the nation's leading tackler in, in Evan Wheeler. You're going to see the top two tacklers in the country in this game, and Evan Weaver at Cal with 173 tackles this year, and Dele Harding, the Illinois linebackers, second with 147. Justin Wilcox is Cal's coach, you know, a defensive background. was looking up some numbers today on Cal, and their offense really isn't that much to, to write home about. Uh, so if Illinois can, you know, mix in a few turnovers there, which has kind of been the key ingredient for this season for Lovey Smith's program, and I th- have to think you like Illinois' chances in this game. Uh, the month layoff will be interesting to see how Illinois responds uh, to that, that adjustment and, and how many bowl practices they're going to get. All the coaches are out. On the road recruiting this week, uh, so they're not going to practice. I think till next Monday is their first practice. Bob, is that right? I believe that. Believe that's correct. Good job, Matt. Thanks, Bob. Um, <laughs> and it, it, you know it'll be a, a mid-afternoon game uh, out there in the Bay Area. Not sure what the weather will be like. 
uh, how much that effect will have on the game. But it's just a good sign for Illinois' program that they're in a bowl game. Uh, you know, they're playing another Power Five conference foe. Nice venue out there in Santa Clara. So a uh, good opportunity for them to really, you know, go into the offseason, lean into the 2020 season with some good vibes that they had, you know, during that four-game win streak that have kind of dissipated a little bit here in, in the last few weeks and a uh, chance to, to pick them back up. Health is critical for Illinois. Is Brandon Peters back? Is Josh back? Is whoever whoever can be back? Levy Smith said they're all getting better, which is 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 saying for I'm not going to tell you. So his answer was, but they're they're healthier. If Peters is back, that's critical to me. If Josh Madarbebe is back, that's critical for critical critical to me. So we have to see who's back. If they have all those guys, they're going to have a good chance to win. I think Matt's right. Cal doesn't offer a huge challenge in terms of uh, playing against them offensively. Their the Illinois defense will be fine against them. Offensively against Cal's defense will, will, will be more of a challenge. I think this will be a turnover game. So whoever wins the turnover or turnover battle win the game. Very much could be like the last time Illinois played in this game against UCLA. That game was basically UCLA, Steve remembers, was in control pretty much the whole game. Then Terry Hawthorne got a pick six which I remember being like 70 yards. It was like 35. Got a pick six, basically turned the game in a little one. Terry was MVP of the game. That really was that kind of game with defensive mind in Illinois. I think that, that could be very slumber this this time. Yeah, that was a 20-14 to 14, uh, final right. in what was then the Kraft Fight Hunger Bowl. This Bulls had two or had three about, different names. about five or six <laughs> uh, different versions. It's only been around for about 20 years or so. They used to play it. At uh, you know AT and T Park there right. in, in San Francisco, the home of the the Giants baseball team there, and they converted into a football field, and it's been in Santa Clara for the past three or four years. But uh, you know, it started out as the aptly named San Francisco Bowl, really creative on on that sure. one. Then the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl in Illinois was there, and it's gone through a couple other versions as well. Before the Red Box Bowl, it was the Foster Farms Bowl. So. Gotta love bull season. I think it was the Emerald Bowl. It was. There was a. It was like a walnut company I that do sponsored love, it. I do love bull season. I know you do, Bob. And I asked, actually, I asked Levy Smith yesterday, or there, is there a bad bull? And Levy, thank God, did said no. There's no such thing as a bad bull. So I, and I were in agreement with, with, that, with that. We don't agree about a lot of things, but that we agree with. We're going to learn more about uh, the Red Box Bowl coming up. Kent Brown and Jason Hegemeyer are both here. They'll tell us more about the bowl and how to get tickets if you're listening and thinking about uh, heading out that way. We'll take our first time out here on Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire back in just a moment. Stay with us. Fast, reliable internet. It's important to your business. At Comcast Business, we go beyond fast with amazing solutions and a great deal. What kind of solutions? Well, solutions like automatic 4G LTE backup for more complete reliability. I like the sound of that. What else? Powerful Wi-Fi that keeps your employees connected. And bandwidth you can allocate between your customers and employees. I'm not even done yet. Comcast Business has advanced voice solutions at affordable prices and cloud-based security for all your devices. And that great deal? Right now, get started with 75 megabit internet for $49.95 per month for two years when you add two voice mobility lines and sign up for paperless billing and auto pay. Call 1-800-501-6000 today. Comcast Business, beyond fast. Monthly service charge increases by $10 without paperless billing and auto pay. Offer ends 12-22-19. Restrictions apply. New business customers only. Two-year agreement required. Early termination fee applies. Equipment taxes and fees extra subject to change. Backup limited to up to eight hours. 
Hello, I'm Dan Holder of Holder Wealth Management. I'm sure many of you have seen or heard advertisements from individuals claiming to be financial planners or retirement specialists. If you do your due diligence and check their credentials, you'll discover that most of these individuals do nothing more than manage investment accounts and or sell insurance products. They have little or no expertise and or experience in most of the important areas of the financial planning and retirement planning process. At Holder Wealth Management, we are not only investment advisors, we are also licensed attorneys and CPAs with almost 50 years of combined experience in structuring investment portfolios, retirement planning, business succession planning, estate and gift planning, and income tax planning. If all you are looking for is someone to manage a stock portfolio, there are many firms out there that will do this. If you're looking for someone with professional experience who can offer you advice in all of the important financial planning areas, then call us at 217-398-4015. We'd be happy to meet with you at no cost. Hey, it's Lon and Abigail from Castle Home Comfort. And it's the time of year for wonders and miracles. So if your heating system conks out, you might wonder how many days will pass before a technician shows up. A fast repair doesn't take a miracle. Not with the knights in shiny armor at Castle. Our home comfort heroes are on call 24-7. Even on holidays. Especially on holidays. Your family's comfort is our highest goal and all work is guaranteed. Plus, we work on every type of equipment. Carrier, Lennox, train. All brands, all models. No matter who made it. Or installed it. So if your heating system starts making noises like Marley's ghost is haunting it. Or even if it kicks the bucket on New Year's Eve. Resolve to keep our number handy. 352-2800. Or connect with us online at castlehomecomfort.com. We'll bring comfort and joy. And remember, when you think heating and cooling, think... Castle. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the latest news and insights on the Illini, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. We are with you until 6 o'clock here at the Esquire on Monday Night Sports Talk. As I mentioned, the phone lines are open, 356-9397 as well, as uh, the folks in here can ask any questions they like. We do have Eric on the line. Go ahead, Eric. You're on the air with us. Hey, hey guys, uh, quick question. Who won the Red Box Bowl last year? Uh, that was Oregon beat Michigan State 7-6. Very good. I guess it just goes to the point. I think there's quite too many too many bowl games nowadays. When, uh, I mean, it was like a Cheez-It Bowl and all this stuff. I, I don't know if they really even matter after, or except for the the four playoff games and the, like the New Year's Day games now, the Rose Bowl and whatnot. Any thoughts on that? Eric, do you have a trouble with Cheez-Its? You have a problem with Jesus? I'm just curious. Uh, no, it's just <laughs> I love Jesus personally. But Bob watches every single second of all 40 That's bowl games. That's not quite true, but it's pretty close. Well, you you tout it as fact. I so. love I love football. Okay, I love college football more than anything else in the world. So if there's a bowl game on, no matter who it is, I'll watch it. I couldn't find any reason to root for a team in every game. So Eric, just take it that from that approach. Enjoy the Jesus and watch the games. I gotcha. And the other question I was going to, uh, or point I was going to make was, you know, I'm surprised Underwood isn't getting any more criticism than he's getting because, you know, it's like the kind of losses that we've been seeing, it's like not new. It's kind of like we've seen a lot of this sort of one-half sort of, you know, good play, bad play stuff. And his first two teams are some of the worst of the record-wise of the last 40 years. So I'm surprised we're not hearing a little more uh, uh, criticism come his way. I'm sure it'll pick up if, if the wins don't follow this season. Well, I would say just check out Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, uh, after any Illinois loss, and 
Listen uh, to the plenty of Chris Chris radio station, show. Yeah. I turned mine off <laughs> after the Twitter. Okay, Eric, thanks for the Twitter call. Off. We appreciate it. Uh, some right, good points you. there. Ken Brown in the orange shirt. Give Jason Hegemeyer in the blue. They're, uh, they talked about their wardrobes. <laughs> Come in color-coordinated. We'll talk more about the Red Box Bowl. KB, you, you mentioned you're heading out there tomorrow, huh? Yeah, so we'll have a group that'll go uh, out tomorrow, kind of an advanced group, to uh, take a look at the hotel, the practice facility. Um, Vineyards. No, I won't get there. Can but, we go? Um, yeah, okay, we go. You know, uh, Jason will get a chance to, to walk through the stadium to see exactly what the seat locations are. Tim Knox, our uh, operations uh, director, will be able to chance to see the hotel, meeting space, go to the practice field. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, the different events, uh, places where the team will have a chance to do some things. Uh, there's a uh, pep rally area. You know, a lot of that stuff, so that when we get out there, we'll have some familiarity with it. Uh, we're, we're looking for a couple places where Illini fans can gather. So uh, in San Francisco, maybe becomes the official Illini gathering spot when fans get there. And then also on game day in Santa Clara, which is about an hour south of San Francisco, where people can go pregame. You know, Illini fans can gather. Because when you're out there, you want to be around other Illini fans. And so get a chance to check all that. Lovey's gonna, Lovey uh, left our press conference last night went directly to the airport, got on a plane for an official visit last night. He will meet us in uh, San Francisco on um, Thursday, and we have a press conference there and then some media visits to help promote the game, and then we'll all come back on Friday. Well, before we get back on this, I was, speaking of traveling, and you've been around quite a bit here in the last few days, but you had a chance to go with the basketball team to Maryland, but you – parlayed that into a visit with Bobby Mitchell, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, when we had our uh, Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony last September, uh, he was not able to, to be here in person. He has some health issues that uh, curtailed any travel for him. And so um, when we were our basketball game at Maryland, uh, was only about a 20-minute uh, drive from there to his home. And so we arranged with his wife and daughter and uh, to go visit him, Lee Zerusen, who oversees our varsity I program, and, and I were fortunate enough and took his trophy, his Hall of Fame trophy and a certificate, and had a really nice, about an hour-long visit with Bobby. And um, in his basement, he's got it all decked out and all a lot of the things that he has, uh, awards and pictures and things that he has been a part of his entire career. What an amazing life he has had. Uh, you know, Bobby was a world record holder in the hurdles, uh, as a track runner here at Illinois, he was also an All Big Ten running back. Was uh, actually on track if he wanted to go to the Olympics. And Paul Brown, he said Paul Brown of the uh, talked him out of it to, and to play football. And so he was in the same backfield as Jim Brown for four years. Was then traded to the Redskins, where he was the first African American to play for the Redskins. Then moved into the front office as the first African American to do that for the Redskins. So he's got a long association there during an incredible time period in the 60s when there was a lot of civil rights uh, action, and he was involved in a lot of that. And so a lot of people he hung out with were uh, very involved in, in, in that sort of thing. So to hear his stories, he's very proud of his Illini background. He's got a, a wall with all of his, a lot of Illini pictures. He's got his Letterman certificate. Um, and so he's very proud of his Illini. He uh, had an orange uh, pullover and we, that he wore when we were there. and, and uh, Really like talking about his time. Kind of interesting fact, he, he was recruited in the same class as Ray Nitschke. So two NFL Hall of Famers uh, went through school at the same time in that class. And uh, uh, 
Uh, and so he's got some Ray Nitschke stories and of that time period. It was it was very one of the great experiences I've had in in uh, my career to just sit down with a Hall of Famer and really talk to stories and sure. listen to him. Two very different people, him and Ray. Yeah, very very different. Wow, uh, I mean, really different. Bobby came from Arkansas, and Ray was uh, from went to Maywood right. uh, West High School, I think, and and um, awesome, both and, awesome people. Yeah, you know, Ray Ray came in as a quarterback at Illinois, right. and and was actually shifted to to fullback linebacker, and uh, Bobby kind of said he said Ray just cried. He actually cried because he wanted to play quarterback so bad, and Ray Elliott said, "No, you're you're going to be." Our linebacker and our fullback, and he rushed for almost a thousand yards right. here. People don't realize he was almost a thousand in his career, nine hundred ninety-eight yards, just short of a thousand. Before he went on to obviously a Hall of Fame career as a, one of the great linebackers to ever play the game. So, very, very interesting. But yeah, probably one of the most opposite groups. But he said they they really got along, and they because he they were both the Hall of Famers. They would go to the Hall of Fame event with each other oh, wow. and, and saw each Neat. other all those years. And so that, he said it was really a a good relationship. Jason Hagemeyer, you're in charge of tickets here at Illinois. Just what's the past 24 hours been like for you and, and your department in, in terms of getting everything ready for, for this bowl game? Well, I appreciate you bringing me in. I, no I, problem, Jason. I, I was going to sit here and listen to Ken <laughs> talk about the history of Illinois athletics for, for a while, and I could do that for a while, too. Guy knows so much about it. Um, you know what? We went on sale yesterday. Uh, we've, been, we've been working with the Red Box Bowl. Um, we kind of had an inkling that they were a So you knew, option. essentially. You knew. We didn't know. Okay. No, it oh, wasn't confirmed. <laughs> but we were, we were planning. I mean, I, we, I had reached out, and I had interactions with the Pinstripe Bowl, and I had interaction with the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. And I was ready for any of those when, if, when we were ready to launch. And, and our team did a really good job uh, pulling all the communications together yesterday to kind of hit the button and go on sale. But... Um, we're on sale right now at FindingLine.com. The ticket prices are pretty reasonable. They range from $49 to $159. And uh, so I think there's a price level for to meet anybody's interest level there. I mean, there's some premium club seats all the way to the end zone. So um, lots of opportunities for people to get out there. Uh, one thing that you know we're trying to just make sure everybody understands, we want everybody to buy from us. You don't have to be a donor or a season ticket holder. We obviously are going to prioritize those groups. But... We have opportunities for everybody. So you know, we've been reaching out to the Bay Area alums. We've been reaching out to the California alums. Uh, we have a lot of alums in Chicago that are willing to travel. They're wanting to travel out to San Francisco. And uh, we're, we're, we're asking everybody to buy from University of Illinois. It helps support the university. We do have a financial obligation. And when, when you're in a bowl game, you're expected to use a certain amount of tickets, and, and you have to pay for those. And so, look, there's a lot of different ways that people can buy tickets nowadays. There's many different sites people can go to. And we're, we're, we're trying to implore people and asking them to buy them from the University of Illinois because we want all of our fans to be sitting together. We want to make some noise. We want it to be loud. We want it to look orange. And, uh, you know, and we want, we want them to help us financially to, so that we can, you know, hopefully we do this. Let's do this every year. I mean, we, we, we need to start showing the bowl committees that, you know, when Illinois goes, that they travel well and, and that they're well supported. And it'll make us a, a very attractive team in the future. What, what is the allotment, I guess, for tickets for this particular It's a little game? bit over 8,000 tickets. Kent, were you going to say something? No, did I, I didn't inter did interrupt you like Bob does. Or? No, no, okay. but no you, know, you interrupted Bob, which sorry, is okay. Bob. Yeah, Bob That's was right. I, I, I got another. I, I was curious about that, and um, you expect Cal because they're so close should have a huge advantage in terms of fans there, right? Do you see that? Well, see I, mean, I would I would assume right. being in that Across proximity, yeah, that that there'll be you know a lot of Cal fans there, I and mean, we need our fans to show up and match that. But you, I go back to the Rose Bowl. You basically could have sold 
as many tickets as you could could have gotten, correct? That I mean, game, you had endless people there. The Rose Bowl is a different deal. Right, I mean, it's right. An, it's an animal. I mean, it's... It's, uh, I mean, it's the granddaddy of them all. I mean, everybody <laughs> wants to go to it, and people would prioritize that and travel to that, and um, that's that's a big time bowl game. But you know, as we were talking, we you know we were talking earlier today, the San Francisco this this game in San Francisco, mm -hmm. you know, it's not New Year's Day, and hopefully we get back to start playing in some of those New Year's Day bowls. But when you're talking about a bowl game destination, San Francisco is pretty good. I mean, it, it is a great city. There is a lot to do. There's there's not a lot. There's not a lack of things to do. You don't have to search very hard to find something that will work for everyone. It, and I think last time we were out there in 2011, it was one of the best bowl trips that I've ever been on. Uh, they do a great job hosting you. And there's, like I said, I mean, it's, it's a great city to be in and it's fun. And, you know, I, I'm kind of excited about going back there. I'd say for me too, best, second best behind Pasadena. Because mm -hmm. that's, like you said, that's a different deal. The Rose Bowl that's is so the Rose cool. Bowl. That, yeah. But this was pretty awesome. You're right. There was, mm -hmm. And the baseball park was kind of cool, but this is going to be fine because the, You know what? Levi Stadium's pretty probably cool. better, it, yeah. You know, I, I was talking to the 49ers people today. I'm really excited about, you know, seeing their stadium is known as being one of the most technologi technologically savvy places. And, um, you know, the, we're going to work. We're, we asked them today. We said, hey, we do mobile ticketing, you know, can we do mobile ticketing at, for the bowl game? And the guy's like, yeah, we, we prefer that. That's, that's all we do, right? And so um, you don't hear that from a lot of bowls. Right. And so I, I'm excited to work with them and, and kind of do some things at a bowl game that we normally might get an opportunity to. But, uh, yeah, it'll be a great experience. Ken, t tell us about communications with various bowl games and bowl representatives. When you get to the point in the season where it looks like you're going to be in a bowl, uh, from your job as director of sports information, tell me about how that goes. You know, it's changed over the years. I mean, uh, it used to be there used to be a lot of uh, politicking and trying to sell yourself to some of these bowls. And the Big Ten has really taken a um, a leadership role with the main connection, connecting with all those the different bowls. And so they, the Big Ten, actually has to approve all the. The, the invites uh, to come in and so it used to be used to be we were sending information out to all these bowls and there would be four five six bowls that would show up for your games and they were shaking hands and slapping backs and meeting people and out in the parking lot and seeing what's going on and, and now it's it kind of has changed where by the time you get down to those last two or three games there's probably two or three that are probably realistic what where you're going and they kind of show up and, and introduce themselves. We had the Rose Bowl here earlier in the year, but they, they tend to go to every every uh, stadium or every team every couple of years. They want to make the round so everybody who knows who they are. We had a Rose Bowl or a uh, Red Box Bowl representative uh, at the last game uh, against the Northwestern game. When we were at Iowa, the Holiday Bowl was there. So we had a pretty good idea where they had their eyesight on, right? So that's changed a little bit in how we've done that over the time. But uh, you just try to have that, that open over, over time, over the, those of us who have been around a little bit longer, know who those people are, know who the communications people are, and try to make sure they have all the information uh, at their hands, you know, readily available when they start making these picks. What would have happened had uh, Wisconsin played the second half like they did the first <laughs> and knocked Ohio State out of the playoff? Would yeah. Anything so the, down one? as we looked at it after, especially after the Northwestern game, I, I don't know that the Northwestern uh, final score really had an effect on where we ended up. I think, it, I think the pinstripe bowl would have 
had to make a decision uh, at that point. But as long as two teams got in the New Year's Six games, um, it was almost automatic that we were going to end up in San Francisco just because of the, the fact that North, uh, Michigan State had played in that game a year ago. And so they couldn't go back there. And the, and the uh, Red Box Bowl really didn't want Michigan State back for two years in a row. So any combination that, that came down to pinstripe, red box, even quick lane, and we were involved, we were almost always going to end up uh, in San Francisco just because of Michigan State's inability to go back there. Um, the one thing that could have thrown a, a wrench in the whole deal, right, was if Ohio State doesn't make a playoff or, or we only got one team in the New Year's, in the Rose Bowl only, that would have really shifted everybody down. But I really still think that, that – Michigan State would have ended up in Detroit, and we would have ended up in San Francisco. So as you, as you kind of deducted and, and had all the lines, it all, almost always went to San Francisco uh, the last couple of weeks here. We're talking uh, bowl games as, it, uh, as they uh, pertain to the fighting in line. We'll take a break and do that uh, some more here at the Esquire. Stay with us on Monday Night Sports Talk back after this. Engineered around your workload, the Kubota RTV X-Series is the best-selling line of diesel utility vehicles in America. With unmatched reliability, hydraulic cargo beds, and plenty of attachments, they'll stand up to whatever tests you put them through and get the job done right every time. Find yours at Berkey's, your local Kubota dealer. Kubota, shape your world. Berkey's, located at 2202 South High Cross Road, Urbana. Hey, it's your friend, Sean Hannity, and as you know, I am not afraid to be honest and say exactly what I feel. When it comes to selling your home, you need to know there are real estate agents out there that just rely on yard signs, well, and a few hundred dollars of marketing. I'm going to make this very easy for you and tell you the one agent whose marketing plan is in a whole different league than anyone else you will talk to. I'm talking about Ryan Dallas. He has a system that outmarkets and outsells 99% of other agents in the Champaign County area. Now, because of that, if he can't sell your home at a price and deadline that you agree to, he'll buy it himself. He offers you a one-day listing agreement. If after one day he doesn't live up to his end of the contract, guess what? You can fire him and pay nothing. Real estate mogul and Shark Tank star Barbara Corcoran only recommends Ryan Dallas. And if I needed to sell a home in the Champaign area, well, he's the only agent I'd call. Ryan is the number one real estate agent for homes sold in all of the Champaign area. Call Ryan at 217-351-4900 or online at the theryandallasteam.com, theryandallasteam.com. The ribeye has the best, the greatest steak in town. On your next visit to the ribeye, ask about the banquet facilities that are available for lunch and evening meals. The ribeye open Monday through Friday at 4.30, 4 o'clock on Saturday and Sunday. The ribeye is the best. We're the one, the great one steak place. When purchasing holiday instant tickets, the Illinois Lottery reminds players to be smart, play smart, and gift smart. Instant tickets are a fun way to check off everyone on your holiday list, except for minors. Lottery tickets aren't child's play. It's illegal in Illinois to give an instant ticket to anyone under the age of 18. For more information on how to gift and game responsibly, please visit the Responsible Gaming page on www.illinoislottery.com. 
Outpatient Aqua Therapy is now available at Renewal Therapy Center at Clark Lindsay in Urbana. You have a choice where you receive therapy services. Let your medical provider know you want your therapy with the licensed therapist at Renewal Therapy Center at Clark Lindsay. All ages are welcome. In addition to outpatient aqua therapy, occupational, physical, and speech therapies are also offered at Renewal Therapy Center at Clark Lindsay. Visit us online or call Clark Lindsay to learn more and schedule an appointment. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Live from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign. Catch every game at the Esquire this season from the Illini to the NFL Sunday ticket. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are indeed at the Esquire here on the 9th of December talking uh, bowl games, tickets, activities surrounding the bowl game. Kent Brown is with us, Jason Hegemeyer as well. I mentioned earlier that the uh, team, football team, is going to be leaving the day after Christmas. Kent, uh, what are some of the other things they're going to be doing out there? Yeah, so the team will uh, start practicing on the 16th. They've get, uh, Coach has given them a couple weeks off. Uh, really, part of it is to heal up a little bit. We didn't have enough players at a couple positions to probably practice, really, and need those to, to heal up. And then uh, this is the last week of classes, final start on Friday. And so uh, next Monday, I think they're going to start getting really back into practice mode and then uh, go out to um, San Francisco on the 26th and then have really three really good days of practice out there before the game on the 30th. So 27th, uh, they'll do a, a visit to Alcatraz uh, that day. Uh, we've got a press conference scheduled that day. Uh, the 28th, they'll uh, serve meals at St. Anthony's Dining Hall, and it's a soup kitchen in downtown San Francisco. We did that eight years ago as well. It was a really uh, humbling and uh, positive experience for our team and those of us who were there. It was a very, very cool uh, experience. Um, there's a, uh, a, a, a couple team events like that. They get a chance to explore San Francisco a little bit. We're, our hotel is right on the water, and so there's a streetcars there that can take you around to the Fisherman's Wharf and that sort of stuff. There's so much to do in San Francisco. That's one of the nice things, and it's really easy to get around on the Muni there. Chinatown's just up the street just as well. Um, and then the team will, uh, and not just for the team, but for fans who are in town, uh, there's a pep rally on the 29th uh, for both teams. Um, so that'll, that'll be available for, for everybody. And then we're, one of the things that we're going to be scouting out when we're out there is like that, the bar or the, the, the landing spot for Illini fans. So they can uh, get together on maybe the 29th. And in the game on the 30th, it's a 1 o'clock Pacific time start. And so we're, we're going to scout out a spot where Illini fans can gather for pregame party uh, there around the stadium in uh, Santa Clara. So um, a lot of places to, for fans to be together. And uh, the team, it's a pretty quick-moving trip. You know, 27th, 28th, 29th, and all of a sudden you got a game. And so those events uh, are, are things that uh, – are scheduled in around practice and around these other things that have to happen. So it's a it's a pretty fast moving three or four days. Kent, how much do you coordinate with Lovey at all, or with the bowl itself in terms of when the team arrives out there and all those? Yeah, activities? so they they send you know they have a manual that's that's put together every year, and they they kind of say you know we our expectations are that your team would arrive this day, um, and here's this day this is what you'll do, and and they're waiting right now as this morning they were still working on practice times. Uh, and so they start plugging that in, and they start shifting the events around a little bit. The Alcatraz one is a little interesting because it's, it is a national park, and so there's a, a boat that goes back and forth that ferries people out there. And so 
you have to kind of fit into that their schedule the national park schedule as well on that deal but they've got like a time block that, that to do that and so it's a uh, a lot of it is is just plugging in your name and times but there's also a little shifting because sometimes coaches don't want to practice maybe real early maybe they want to practice later the two-hour time uh change makes the the morning practice a little bit more uh palatable uh you know eight o'clock uh pacific time is 10 o'clock central time so and these guys are used to that because they practice every morning uh from 7 30 to 10 o'clock uh basically every day so they're out there early anyway do the teams get into the uh levi stadium at all before game day no so they, so don't, they don't practice in there they room. don't practice down there at all we were practicing at laney college which is right over the bay bridge there in oakland and then they'll go down on uh on game day to uh game. so yeah we won't we won't do a walkthrough at the stadium scott richie's going to chime in from the audience from the audience um i guess it's been a few years since i've always been to a bowl are things different ticket wise jason just man how you things are done now compared to uh 2014 well the you know, one of the biggest things we talked about was earlier, there's just so many ways to buy a ticket now. It used to be that, you know, everyone would know to go to the host school and, and buy their bowl tickets from them. And so, you know, we're trying to get out in front of that a little bit now and, and just remind people that, hey, buy it directly from Illinois. But in terms of, you know, is it different? No. I mean, the process is still the same. The bowl, the way the bowl system works with the schools, it's it's still all the same, you know, the same number of tickets. The ticket allotments are very... You know they're they're very um, stable at, at every single bowl. There's a, a fixed amount that you have to buy, and you know, and, and in terms of how you sell them and and, and who's going to buy them, that process is is very similar from you know year to year. But what changes is how people buy tickets and how people use tickets. And you know, it used to be you know when we went to the Rose Bowl, we had to send twenty we had twenty five twenty six thousand tickets, and we had to send them out via UPS. Well, that's hard. I mean, when's the last time you wrote up that many UPS envelopes, right? I mean, it takes a lot of time. Um, and nowadays, you know, it's digital, right? So, you know, people are starting to convert over. And so, um, you know, half of our tickets are going to be delivered via email. We'll still mail a bunch of tickets out, but a lot of them are going to go out via email. And the, and the biggest change, right? And it's funny to say it, because I always say it makes people feel like we're old, but the internet, right? Like people order tickets. It doesn't. It's not like it used to be. You don't have to wait on hold, trying to get through to somebody. Uh, you don't have to do it through the mail. You can wait till the bowl is announced. You can go check your flights online. You can book your tickets online. Everything is done online. It's a lot easier, a lot more efficient, and so uh, it makes the whole experience for everybody a lot better. Was there? What's kind of been the early returns ticket wise? Well. You know, I think I think right now well, it's it's really early, right? But we've sold uh, like 700 tickets right now. We've like people we've known about it. We've known what the possibilities were for a while, but you know, no one's going to book flights until they things are confirmed. So what's important for us is you know we're we're not there. The way our system is set up, there's no urgency to buy on the day that it gets announced, because our process will take orders from everybody the entire week. And then on Friday, we're going to take a look, hey, who bought all of our tickets? And we're going to take a look at iFund donors and season ticket holders, make sure that they're recognized with the best seat locations. And on the weekend, we'll assign everybody's seats, and then we'll go ahead and mail them out on Monday. So there's really no urgency to buy yesterday or today. Now, I would tell you that we are starting to see an increased pace of buy by alums out on the West Coast. 
I don't know, did we mention earlier there's 30,000 alums in the state of California, so um, huge base out there. We've been working really strongly with the Bay Alumni Club, so um, I know that we've set up some things for them. They all want to sit together and have some events together, so they're pretty excited about having us out there, but there's a, there, we're starting to see a pace pick up a little bit from people out in California. I don't know if Kent and Josh has, have told you about this yet, Jason, but one of your duties this week when you go out there on your pre-trip mm -hmm. is to sit in every seat of the 70,000 seats so you can be more accurate when somebody says, how good a seat is CC41? Yeah, that's why we're on the site visit, right? I mean, like, it, the, we've, I, I told this story to my, to my boss uh, earlier in the week, but my first bowl game I ever did as a ticket manager, I used to work at the University of Pittsburgh, and we went to play in the Tangerine Bowl. And what, what is, I don't know what the name of the stadium is in Orlando, but where they play World the Citrus stadium. Bowl. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, I didn't make a site visit. I didn't go on that advance trip. And little did I know there was a chain link fence inside the stadium to separate certain areas and I actually sat our athletic director right behind that chain link fence <laughs> and he had donors with him and when we you know he obviously didn't say anything to me during the game but after the game we got on the bus to leave he came up and I know he was joking but he said hey I just want to thank you for putting me in that seat today because I was with all of our donors and supporters and all of them had a better seat than I did and they all razzed me about it, but they all felt good that, that they had a better seat than what he did. So even though he thanked me, I don't, I don't think he was really thanking me, Steve. <laughs> so, and that, that's why the site visit's important. You know, we want to make sure we get that right. We want to make sure people are sitting in the right places. I need to see you know, what that stadium looks like and put people in the appropriate spots. So you don't want to give Josh Whitman an, an obstructed view or anything like that? Absolutely not. Okay. In, in that scenario, were you working on your resume on the ride to the airport? <laughs> yeah. yeah, job security was a little risky on that. On that Speaking trip. of tickets, there's a big event coming up here basketball-wise got about a minute left here but the the bragging rights game down in st louis how are tickets going there yeah they're going really well you know from our perspective we've run through our allotment i would tell you the people across the river over there in missouri they haven't sold all there so i do know that there were lower level seats on Ticketmaster earlier in the day because they returned some so please illini fans go out and buy them because i would love to see a lot of orange on their side of the uh, stadium guys we appreciate your time ken brown jason heckemeyer thanks, thanks thank you for Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, I'm Steve Kelly. Ed Bond is here as well. Prep Confidential coming up at 6. The Brad Underwood Show at Papa Dell's at 7 tonight. All coming your way right here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Have a good night, everybody.